Welcome to Deutsche Bank's Horizon Scanning Podcast, where we examine the emerging threats and opportunities facing the economy today. I'm your host, Dan Hunter, Head of Communications for the Americas and the Global Investment Bank. Today, we're beginning a two-part series exploring the future of work and the impact of flexible working arrangements on cities and offices. This topic has been top of mind here at Deutsche Bank in the thoughts of Christiana Riley, CEO of the Americas, as we recently opened a new regional headquarters here at Columbus Circle in New York. Primarily built out during the pandemic, the new Deutsche Bank Center incorporates the latest thinking that supports our new hybrid working reality. To unpack the changing nature of offices and cities, Christiana sat down with Rocco Gianetti, principal and co-managing director of Gensler's New York office, and Philippe Vissia, president of Related Office Development. Over to you, Christiana. Philippe, turning first to you for today's conversation. You previously worked on redeveloping the World Trade Center site. Deutsche Bank originally moved to 60 Wall Street at that time. How have you seen the city change in the intervening 20 years? It's been a pretty extraordinary 20 years, particularly if you think back. Of course, we just had the 20th anniversary of 9-11. Those horrifying events, um, which had such a tremendous impact on our city and our country. And um, if if anything was very meaningful, given the challenges of COVID, thinking back to those challenges, and um, how we dealt with them as a city uh, and as, as, as citizens of New York and residents and workers of New York. And the Trade Center, I think, um, coming out of that, and it took a while for the design and everything else to, to, um, to settle in in a huge process, as you know, but I think it was a forerunner to some degree of what was gonna happen in terms of a large mixed use complex and the attractiveness of that. And that's how that was designed, but in some sense, it was, in, in many senses, it was just influenced by politics and history and, and everything on the site. Um, but the appeal of downtown and the restoration of downtown as a mixed use environment with lots of residential growth um, and the commitment certainly of firms like Deutsche Bank and other companies, American Express, and are right to come back and be there, um, was so important to stabilizing it. and and having it blossom into a mixed-use community as opposed to just more of a commercial. And I think Time Warner Center, before it just became Deutsche Bank Center, was really a landmark in that kind of transformation and push to the West Side. So if anything, two themes, West Side growth, um, which really started with Time Warner Center. Um, And then the mixed-use nature of development as it applies um, to office space. Uh, which which Hudson Yards represents, um, right? Which was our other um, large development project um, coming 15 years after the original Time Warner Center. So there's been extraordinary growth. There's tremendous energy, even um, even coming out of COVID today, um, which I know we'll talk about later. And um, I think what is now Deutsche Bank Center kind of epitomizes the start of those trends and. I think that's going to serve Deutsche Bank really well as you move into the space and and your employees are just excited to come to work and thrive there. Thanks, Philippe. Rocco, you know, we were just getting momentum on the construction here uh, at Deutsche Bank Center in the first quarter of 2020 as the pandemic uh, hit. 
and it certainly stopped construction for a period of time, but also gave us a, a moment, uh, a pause on a number of the design decisions that were taken. You were such an influential force around this. Tell us a little bit how the pandemic influenced the design of Deutsche Bank Center. Yeah, I mean, what's really interesting is that reflecting on the lessons from the pandemic and looking at the design that was already in place, not a lot changed. And what I mean by that is it's not that we didn't learn anything. We had already future-proofed the design of, of Deutsche Bank Center. So a lot of the things that were outtakes from the pandemic were already in place in the design, like flexibility, like agility, and an emphasis on, on health and well-being. All of these things were already in the design. So it really, really goes to show that good design practice stands the test of time and also unforeseen events. So everything that was already incorporated into the Deutsche Bank Center supports flexibility, supports a healthy environment and, and, and well-being, right? And so I think we were set up for a successful outcome, whether or not we had a pandemic. And now that you're there and the, the results are in place, um, it can be seen. And are you seeing those design choices now also be consistent with what your clients are looking for uh, in, in future projects now post-pandemic? Absolutely. These are, the, these are the same themes that all of our clients are, are considering. With, with other projects we have on the boards right now, this idea of a flexible framework is so important. And it, it touches so many different uh, aspects that are already baked into the design and, and delivery the execution of, of the Deutsche Bank Center uh, and others. But it, if we break it down into components, there's the idea of performance, right? So taking functionality to a level of high performance, but it's not only about driving performance. It's also about creating experience for people to want to be in that place, to want to be back in the office and in the workplace. And then it's this idea of creating choice and variety. Right, which has something to do with the flexibility and agility that we've learned from the pandemic and working remotely, but it also has to do with behaviors that started before the pandemic, where people in the office wanted choice and variety, where they could sit at their desk to do heads down and focus concentration work, but also they wanted spaces to convene and to socialize and to take a break. You know, many of the amenities that you see in the Deutsche Bank Center are related to this desire for and providing for these alternatives in the work environment. It's phenomenal space and we're using it uh, exactly in that way, Rocco. Philippe, turning back to you, because you're seeing patterns across uh, the country as employees do begin to return to the office. What are you hearing from your clients around how they are reflecting these changing dynamics and future office needs? Well, in kind of in the midst of the pandemic, when everyone, um, after the whole initial uh, uh, response um, happened and uh, everyone figured out kind of how the remote work was going to work for them and eventually had to phase back into the office, we spent a lot of time talking to experts like Gensler and Rocco, right, and um, MEP uh, engineers health and wellness, you name it, right? To think of, okay, what, what are the trends that we're gonna see coming out of this and what are clients such as yourselves um, going to want? 
And we talked a lot about flight to quality, which was totally self-serving at the time. Um, but we really did honestly believe it. And um, because we felt that all of those features, and Rocco was talking about high performance, right, is a feature of new space, frankly. And all of the uh, options for what to do in the office besides just that hands down work, in addition to all the amenities that a company like a Deutsche Bank can provide because it has a large headquarters space, um, uh, employees are looking for other amenities, right, outside. They're looking for green space. They're looking for places to have a drink, right? Sort of that lifestyle that everyone is attracted to and want to be, be in New York City, right, interact with their colleagues, um, but also people in the industry to stay sharp, um, clients, right? And um, so we felt pretty strongly that new product, um, but most importantly, kind of dynamic new product, mixed use product was going to be in demand. And that's, it's not to like sound like Nostradamus or whatever, but it, it, that's, that's what we've seen. I mean, we're seeing strong demand um, uh, for that. 50 Hudson Yards is our newest office building. We were fortunate to go into Hudson Yards, 99% um, leased. Um, and Columbus Circle, of course, having a wonderful partner with you guys. Um, and uh, there's been strong demand for new quality office space in mixed use dy dynamic environments that that people want to be and everyone in the market who we talk to from brokers to um, to the big office tenants, smaller office tenants um, echo that as um, kind of being top on their list that if, if they want to be back in the office, they want to be and, and they're a leading company, they want to be in an incredible space and in an incredible environment. And that's been reflected, frankly, in all of our tenants. Really, there's virtually no sublease space. And um, we have a number of leading tenants who are growing um, in, in their space needs, even during a challenging time. So that all makes perfect sense. Go ahead, Rocco. Sorry. Yeah, I, I just wanted to add to Philippe's point about uh, amenities and lifestyle. Uh, and one of the things that I feel we've lost sight of, because we all haven't been back uh, for this many months or so many months, is the, the workforce um, demographics have skewed younger, right? And in the past year and a half, I was over at another client's office space a week or two ago, and I was really surprised at how young everyone was in the office environment. So maybe what we're experiencing is that more of those millennials and next generation people are the first ones back. And it's really important to support their interest in being back with some of these life, lifestyle aspects that Philippe was mentioning. And that resonates strongly with our experience because I firmly believe that nothing can replace the in-office apprenticeship experience, particularly in the financial services industry. All of us who've grown up uh, for many years in this industry appreciate how important it is to be learning by doing uh, and experiencing the culture of the firm from inside its own four walls. That's not to say that we also haven't learned a ton about the advantages of flexibility. And so I'm going to bridge to my next question uh, to, to both of you around what you're seeing in terms of changing in office design and, and usage patterns that do a better job of incorporating technology to enable that kind of flexibility and, and hybrid model that, that many of us uh, on the street are aspiring to. So I don't know, Rocco, if you want to jump in. Sure. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll start that off. Look, technology was the hero of the pandemic, right? In the early days, it allowed everyone to maintain business continuity 
and 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 be safe at the same time. So we owe a lot to technology, and a lot of that technology was in place in the work environment before at the time, and now it's allowed us to uh, work more seamlessly and allowed us to be even more flexible, right? So for individuals that have some lifestyle considerations that uh, require them, or it's a preference for them not to be in the office five days a week, technology allows all of us um, to connect. Technology continues to advance, right? And, and I, we're, we're now at this moment where when we come back in, and in, in your space already, technology is playing an even greater role, right? So we have, we have sensor technology in the building, for example, that um, not only addresses uh, occupancy and influences how the space is being operated, but also is now being used as a wayfinding device and can, can navigate people around. So that's sort of the next technology module that um, we're, we're seeing in the office space. And then I also feel that we're at, the, at, at another moment where technology is also going to help us um, make our spaces even more energy efficient and sustainable, right? We're all in line with addressing climate change and climate action. And our office spaces are a great place to begin and technology is going to allow us to be in line and in step with that. I often compare our industry to the auto industry and how they, they've got ahead of us, right? So we have a little catching up to do, but technology is going to get us there. So Philippe, technology made headlines here in New York last week as well uh, with the news that Google was doubling down uh, and making a major acquisition uh, of, its, of its building here in the city, which I think was a, a you know, strong signal that the um, those who have predicted the demise of, of New York City uh, have been uh, vastly over-exaggerating and those predictions have been far too premature. I'll take your reactions on, on that move, but also, you know, my response to those who have challenged me on, you know, uh, New York is, is never coming back has always been, if not New York, then, then where, right? We've got a wonderful ecosystem, particularly in financial services in this city that can't be easily replicated. But again, at the risk of asking you to talk your own book, any perspectives on what else uh, you're seeing across the country and what other developments uh, you're seeing in, 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 uh, in real estate growth. I'd love to hear what's going on. Yeah, um, cer certainly New York's demise was, uh, I think, probably a little prematurely uh, uh, predicted. Um, anyone who's in New York City right now is feeling the energy coming back big time. And um, certainly on our residential side, uh, which is a good kind of precursor in some sense, right, to what's, you know, people coming back to the office is busting at the seams. Right and doing and doing great um, because people move back to New York and certainly younger people. Rocco was interesting talking about the younger workforce, right? Um, which is something that we've been talking about actually for a while, right? In, in terms of projects like Columbus Circle and Hudson Yards and 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 catering and gear, gearing towards that um, workforce. And look, I think you're seeing those trends across the country. COVID has magnified. COVID like magnified everything as we know right now. And it's, it's almost, we're all trying to make predictions, but I think we all also realize like 
you gotta you gotta get through this and then we'll like in some degree we'll see how it all shakes out in terms of you know the world the world being a completely different place and i think um you know it's i i think the hybrid model for remote work or being in the office there's no replacement towards human relationships um for good or for bad mostly for good for humans right we 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 build our society on relationships and there's not, you just have to be in person to get it. And uh, as effective as it is to be on Zoom with a team, um, if you really wanna grow those relationships and, and understand what's going on and learn issues and mentor and all, all the things that you, you were talking about, particularly with younger people, that in-person is so important. So I think what we're seeing across the country and markets we're looking at, we're spending a lot of time looking at Texas, um, Austin, which has tremendous tech growth. Many, many companies are still in startups um, moving to Austin. It's very attractive. And what's interesting when people talk about that, they're not talking about like they're moving to Austin and they're just working at home, right? All of them are going to have a physical presence because they want that ecosystem, right? They want that, that dynamism. Um, um, we're seeing the same thing in South Florida. Um, with financial firms, right, and people who want that that lifestyle, um, and uh, and and tech companies and the leading companies, really, their their headcounts are up tremendously, right? I mean, they're, they've grown. I mean, that's the like crazy thing over the last year that you know is like a whipsaw, which is that these companies companies have done really well. Many companies have done really well during the past year have are hiring, are having a hard time hiring people, right? So want to be in geographies where they can hire um, more people um, and, and expand that. And, um, and even with remote work or hybrid work sort of entering into the equation uh, in, a, in a greater way. And by the way, that happened before, right? Companies were doing that. Um, because the headcounts are up, their real estate demand um, is still strong, particularly for those leading companies. And we're, we're seeing that in in all the major markets, though I will say New York has been is 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 leading the way to some degree in terms of that um, that invigoration and, and really bouncing back. You feel it. I agree with you. So this podcast is called Horizon Scanning, and we always end with one last question, asking you to help us see on the horizon and predict the future. What in your world, uh, in your mind, does the office of the future, we know we're in the midst of this return in 2022, I won't make you push it out too far, but predictions, I'll start with you, Rocco. What does the office environment look like in 2025? And if you want to hazard a guess to 2030, be my guest. Sure, I, sure. Um, first, I want to say that everyone has been speaking about we don't have a crystal ball. But there is a little bit of a crystal ball in that, as I was speaking earlier, technology will play a bigger role in our work environments, not only in, in, in terms of enabling the user experience, but driving business performance. And also when we think about this connected uh, environment that has uh, more intelligence that's related to technology and digital wares, as well as being more immersive. So we'll see more of that immersive experience in, in our work environments. Um, I also feel that infrastructure is evolving, right? So we have the hard infrastructure that we've always had that's enabled flexibility and adaptability. And now we'll rely more and more on wireless technology. So we'll be even more untethered 
And that will allow us to be in the work, the laptop work environment, right? Where you're untethered and you, and, and you, you could also move around. Um, and then one thing that I wanted to make sure that we uh, uh, mention is this focus on, on health and well-being and, and green. You have what we call biophilia in, in your work environment, right? So it's the incorporation of planted materials. And, and it really has an effect. And not only the uh, greenery in the interior environment, but access to outdoor space, that will also be part of the, the, the future of work as, as I see it. And, and back to what something Philippe was saying, we, we are social beings, right? And we want to be together. And it's not only about being together to live, work, and play, and to learn how we do uh, what we do, and to mentor, et cetera, but how do you onboard people? How do you introduce them to a culture if we can't be in this work environment? So that's the work environment that I see, and I'm a strong believer of it. You can see Philippe and I are in our offices today, as we've been for probably the past 18 months, um, so um, I'm I believe we'll be back in our in our workplaces, and uh, they will be much more seamless um, and great experiences. I like that vision of an untethered future. Philippe, same question to you. Big differences in the office environment between what we knew and what we can expect in 2025? So I love the idea, first of all, of horizon scanning. It's such a kind of great way to put it. And so that's my like perfect segue into, as I like, Look, I'm facing New Jersey right now from the 73rd floor of 30 Hudson Yards. And I think you have a great view of Central Park and right. Looking to you from right, right here. So <laughs> you can do that and have that great light and air and everything um, from new product. And I think I, I so I think, first of all, there's just going to be an expansion of the kind of moves that that Deutsche Bank did right, um, that you're going to see uh, just across the wider market for a company deciding if, if I am a successful company, I need to be in a great, a great space. Again, it's self-serving, but I really, we're seeing it now. And I think people more than ever with health and wellness and everything else are seeing those um, impacts on productivity. Um, the other two things, we, we talk a lot about technology, but we try to spend a lot of time not just on tech, because, you know, to some degree, people are tired of screens right? They're tired of their attention being pulled in a million different ways. Um, and tech is obviously here. It's like breathing now, right? Um, but cut the customer experience and what the employees of, of all of our companies experience on a day-to-day -day basis, feeling like they're coming into a super warm environment, um, almost like a residential lobby with a concierge, um, but having just a suite of services for them that everything in their lifestyle when they come into work can be can be easy, um, and they have advantages in working in a particular place, um, and they're greeted with a warm smile, and their whole experience from kind of going um, from 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 the lobby up to their desk is 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 perfect, and um, that's been a big emphasis for us. Uh, it was before the pandemic, and it is coming out of this, and figuring out how can we innovate. Um, along those lines. And, and finally, I think one of the main key differences, and Rocco talked about climate change, I think sustainability, um, more than ever now, it is, you know, it's so important for developers, uh, for government, and of course, for our corporate partners to figure out ways to improve our work environment to combat climate change. 
And we're having conversations with our tenants and our partners that we really never had before in terms of meaningful conversations because they're driven by ESG guidelines. They're driven by, you know, do the right thing, obviously, and trying to come up with innovative solutions. Um, I don't think anyone has like the perfect solutions yet, right? We're all trying to trying to figure it out and push that way. But I think in you talk about horizon scanning. I think in 2025 you're going to have a much better rhythm from companies and developers and landlords um, on how they work together in partnership to um, to to decrease the carbon footprint and 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 be really sustainable um, for a greener future. We're seeing that trend very strongly across our business uh, with the amount of institutional capital looking for those opportunities for leap. So I think the uh, the ingredients are are there for that trend to, to really accelerate over the next couple of years. I wanna thank you both for a really insightful conversation on this topic. Super timely for us at Deutsche Bank as we begin moving in this week. Thank you both very much for helping us scan the horizon. Horizon Scanning has been produced by Deutsche Bank and is intended for general information purposes only. By accessing Horizon Scanning, you confirm that you are entitled to do so in accordance with your own regulatory requirements. Any opinions, estimates or projections discussed in this podcast constitute the current judgment of the speaker at the time of recording and do not represent a formal or official view of Deutsche Bank. Deutsche Bank does not make any representations or warranties in respect of the currency, accuracy, or completeness of any information included in this podcast, or the reasonableness of any opinions expressed. Information included may not be complete or up to date for your purposes and is subject to change. For further disclosures and other important information, please visit research.db.com.